welcome to Awesome with Allison in here too. I'm Allison and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, my husband and yours, Mr. Eric Robertson. And and everyone's? My husband and yours. Okay, here I I am. (laughs) We are so happy you're here. Welcome to episode 144. I hope this helps with Nakia Homer. Oh, this is such a good episode. And before we get into it, I just want to say hey for um, our awesome empire who is more regular. We love you. We see you. And we took a little bit of a break from the podcast. But can I just tell you, I freaking love the podcast, and I actually have so many good episodes. Like, I have, like, five or six episodes, like, ready to go, which I never do, and they're all so good. So you guys, get ready out there for some good Awesome with Allison coming up. And we, Eric, you don't have anything to say to that? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that was a random jumping in point. Who I am, being true to myself. Uh, uh, it really is the best. People, <laughs> I, I think that people think I like don't give you an opportunity to talk. If only people knew how much we edit out me being like, hey, babe, you have anything you want to add? I'm good. Uh, Okay, the good thing, though, is Nakia has plenty to say. Yeah, but what, what am I going to add to this? I know. It's absolutely incredible. So I absolutely adore Nakia Homer. I found her on the Instagram, and now she is a friend who texts me and is the sweetest person checking in on me, and honestly, it has given me some incredible life-changing perspective just in our short friendship. I'm so grateful for her, and I'm so grateful for her beautiful book of poetry and thoughts. I hope this helps. And And in this interview, I talked to her about not just this beautiful piece of art that she created, this book, which you absolutely need to get and we will link to, but the process of becoming the woman who is capable of healing and writing and reflecting like this. And it's truly, truly um, an honor to to get to hear her story. And I know you're absolutely going to find hope and healing and just power in it. So here we go, Nakia. I'm so so excited. I'm so honored, but also soothed and relaxed and comforted because that's the way I feel around our guest today. Nakia Homer, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Nakia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I told you every time I see you or anything from you, I immediately start smiling. So Thanks for giving me something to smile about today. I was so looking forward to this. <laughs> I am so glad. And I I, I love, I was saying to Nakia, like, I make her smile and laugh. And she makes me just be like, <sighs> <laughs> that's exactly how I feel when I see your beautiful post on Instagram. And also when I read from your new beautiful book of 
poetry, written verse, written word. There's some some life experience of yours in your new book. I hope this helps. I mean, newish. It's several months new. It's still new. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. new. It's new. It's still new. <laughs> it's new. It's absolutely incredible. I am newer to Nakia, but I told her the algorithm gods have been putting you in my feed. Honestly, your posts are kind of some of the only posts I see these days on Instagram. And <laughs> I am, I think it's what my heart and soul need. And so I'm just, again, I'm so happy you're here. I would love to just hear a little bit, because this is, you You turned this book out fast. I did. I did. I mean, fast if a whole lifetime of experience, right? Like. <laughs> So I'd love to hear a little bit why you wrote this, what it means to you, any of the circumstances around it, and then we can just kind of go from there. Well, the truth is the book was actually started seven-ish years ago. Um, Mm. I started writing. I write anyway. I write every day, all day. And I started writing just for myself, just for my friends, just thoughts. Um, and it wasn't to go anywhere. It was just words that came out of me. I put it on my laptop. And that was back in like maybe 2014, 15, maybe even earlier than that. I don't remember. But at any rate, um, I stopped writing it. I put it down because I said, you know what? This sounds like a book or this looks like it's turning into a book. And I didn't want to put a book out un- unless and until I got an actual book deal. I wanted a pub deal. I wanted an advance. I wanted people to market me. I didn't want to do anything myself. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to put it down. And I did. And then I picked it back up. That's what it was. I picked it back up around 2015 and added a little a little bit more to the book, quote unquote. And um, then I put it down again for the same reason. And then 2020 came and hit us all in the back of the head, side of the head, in the middle of the heart. And I picked it back up again after my grandmother passed away in March of 2020. Um, Yes, she was older and yes, she was not well, but I still didn't expect to bury her um, in 2020. Um, I appreciate you for that. And so um, I was losing a lot of sleep, um, a lot of peace, and I was just trying to find my way out of that whole circumstance. So I picked the book back up and I started writing again. And again, it wasn't to put out a book. It was just to kind of something to do when I wasn't sleeping at 3 a.m. And then three months later, I lost my dad to COVID. And I just kept writing. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was a tough year. Definitely a tough year for so many (laughs) reasons. Understatement. Understatement of the century. (laughs) Very much so. I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just kept writing. And um, again, just to get myself through the night, when I was feeling a little bit lost in my emotions, I started writing. I thought about some of the lessons that I learned from both of them. And I kept writing. And initially, I was going to print the book for family and friends and just give it out, um, just something that I hope would help all of us as we were healing words and lessons that were probably familiar to all of us that came from my grandmother. And as I started posting on social media, people started to tell me that I was saving their life 
that I was helping them heal. Other people were losing family members as a result of COVID. And some of the things that I wrote about was helpful to them. And so I realized at that moment that it was bigger than just me in my healing, that um, what I started seven years ago was intentional and for a purpose. And so I put it out there, not just for me and my family and friends to heal, but hopefully whoever picked it up, would, um, it would be helpful and help them heal as well. So that is the story behind the book. It really literally saved me um, from what could have been a very dark 2020. I didn't want to look back on last year and label it the worst year of my life. So I put out a book. Yes, it's the year I lost my grandmother. Yes, it's the year I lost my beloved father, but it's also the year I became an author. And so it was a quick turnaround. I said I was going to put it out um, in September. By November, it was out and it was a bestseller thanks to the people who supported me on Amazon. So I'm grateful. Okay. First off, a round of applause for Nakia. I mean, oh. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Like, kind of that full picture of, no, I didn't just like wake up in the middle of the night and write this. No, I started this seven years ago because that's always the case, right? With with beautiful works. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is I want to both celebrate and explore. First, the, the cheering is the celebrating. Mm-hmm. But I want to point out the statement that you just declared, I don't want 2020 to be the worst year of my life. Yes, I lost my grandma. Yes, I lost my father. But I want it to, I want it to be this. Okay, that is so inspiring. But I think what m- people might miss is the years and years of grueling, heartbreaking. I can only fathom um, painstaking work that it took you to get to the place that not only one, you can declare a statement like that in the midst of such heartbreak, two, that you can make it so, and three, that you can make it so without damaging yourself, mm. right? Where, where like, this, this book is not a, um, and you can tell, because when I read it, I get a sigh. When I read anything from you, I get a sigh of relief. I get peace. I get calm. I get joy. I get love. I don't get force, hustle, coercion, pushing, mm. because that comes through in the writing. And so I would love to move backwards a little bit because you know spoiler i know some things about nakia she's she's a songwriter she's a social worker she sang me happy birthday and i was like crying cuz her voice is so soulful <laughs> she she's managed different businesses and i mean you're very very accomplished and you also had of you were maybe maybe were you first generation college i your family um, I was almost first generation college. My yeah. aunt, who actually went to college, started my aunt and my father started, but never finished college. And so yeah. the year before I graduated, my aunt had already gone back to school and um, earned her associate's degree. So, oh my gosh, yeah. But but in, but I'm in, the first the- to go through 
I'm the first to go through high school to college and graduate in four years. The first to not be a teenage parent. The first to not be the victim of domestic violence. Um, the first to not be um, a lot. So it, it is heavy and it does come from, thank you for seeing that even, yeah. you know, it does come from a very, <laughs> a very layered past. Yes, a, la- a layered past that cir- the circumstances did not, funnel you into a path of healing, funnel you into this path. You you found it, fought for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd love for you to, to talk about any any part of that, of whether it's, you, you know, the social work or getting to college or, I mean, you just casually, casually mention in like the first couple pages of your book that... You know, you were raised in the projects. And I say casually because you're like, oh, I was raised in the projects by my paternal grandmother, exposed to all kinds of mess. For the first 18 years of my life, I was no stranger to struggle. I was used to fighting, but I was tired. This Mm. is what you mentioned casually to me. I made intentional choices that got me out of the hood, helped me break generational cycle of teenage... I made intentional... Like, that's just an easy thing to do, Nakia. (laughs) It's not... I just want to, I'd love to hear about any part of that journey, whether it's childhood, adulthood, that that got you to be able to 2020 and mm-hmm. to be able to make such beautiful art out of such a pain, such a painful year. Yeah. Um, whenever I share my story, and yes, you're right that I did, by the grace of God, get out of the hood, go to college. I started a business with my husband in music and became an award-winning songwriter who got a chance to work with some of my childhood idols. I don't take that lightly because my story literally started with teenage parents in the projects in New Jersey. My mom was 15, my dad was 16, um, going on 17. And they made my mom, who I have a great relationship with, but she's not the woman who raised me, um, bore the burden of shame um, from her family and friends to get me here. And I don't take that lightly. They joke about how they really didn't like each other. They were just out doing things they had no business doing. But when I look back on the story of my life, I like to say they did it so that I could be here. Um, Because if it wasn't for them um, doing the things that they did that they had no business doing, there would be no (laughs) me. So although things aren't, I don't, I'm not one of those everything happens for a reason type of person because some things happen because life sucks. People suck and circumstances suck and there is no real root, beautiful root reason for it. However, anything that happens in your life, and I've witnessed this um, with people that I work with and with myself, you can use those things for your good. And so I don't really take credit for it. I have this conversation when I work with at-risk youth and teens. I have this conversation when I talk to my family. I literally did just make a choice one day, but I think Mm -hmm. it was the grace of God that brought me to that choice where I said I didn't want to be what everyone said that I would be as a result of living in the projects, as a result of having teenage parents, as a result of being um, exposed to addiction and, um, you know, all of the stereotypes you think about when you think about hood life. Um, God's hand, I believe, was on my life so that I could be here to help the women that I help. I don't shy away from my story. I embrace it and I am who I am because of it. But you're right. 
it wasn't just one day I just woke up this great person who made this great choice. <laughs> um, right after choosing, at 10 years old, I tell the story about how I was sitting in an audience of other children like me. There was this woman that was going through all the statistics about how we live. If you grow up with teenage parents, you're more than likely going to be a teenage parent. If you grow up with smokers, you're more than likely to smoke and so on and so forth. And the crazy thing about her speech that day is everything she listed, if then, was the story of my life. And so at first I was like, first of all, why are you telling everybody my business? (laughs) This is my whole life you're up there talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And then secondly, I was like, not so. It will not be the case for me. At Mm. some point, I'm going to be different then. I'm not going to be the same. And um, when I grew older, I came into contact with the words of Tony Robbins. And he said, the people in your life are either a warning or an example. And Mm. I saw the people in my life, some of them were warnings um, of what not to do, or if you do this, this is what will happen. And then I was blessed to have some examples. And I think that is what kind of pushed me from the 10-year-old who said, not me, into um, the 40-plus old that's here today. It was a series of choices. And you and I both share the same type of work where we're asking people to do things like choose joy, like be awesome, Mm -hmm. like be happy, like heal. Um, And although it sounds kind of cliche-ish, it really is a choice. Not an easy one, not one that is linear, not one that is... um, the road is not bright and lit so that we know exactly where to go, but it really is a choice. Um, and that's how I got here. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And how you got here and now we are all benefiting as as it goes. Mm-hmm. I just I read this recently or I listened because I listened to everything. But from um, Clarissa Pinkola Estes and she said, what what is the point of healing if not to do it for other people mm-hmm. so that you can share and aid people in their healing and so everything you just shared rather than i believe in the i really believe that we're here to have joy and not just suffer and fight and feel pain but everything you just shared reminded me of that that you you healing is now benefiting all of us so thank you so much so One, I wanted to read, I was telling Nakia what's difficult about her book for me is I can't pick one line because every other page I'm like, ooh, that hits, ooh, that hits, ooh, (laughs) this is good. But there was was one line where, and maybe you'll know what it exactly is, where um, you just, you have a whole section about being done fighting. Mm Mm-hmm about being done fighting with mm-hmm. life. And so you, I love this idea of the choice. And I love, so there's two, the idea of fighting and you got to stop fighting and just face life. So I love that idea. But then also I'm, I, I'm tired of fighting, but I'm never tired of winning. <laughs> that line, that line yeah. is so good. Yeah. So I love that, that choice, the fighting, the acceptance, I'd love to hear some of your perspective on on that because I think that's where a lot of people are at right now, a year. Okay, so because it's, again, it's not just COVID. It's not just the pandemic. It's the whole lifetime of experience before it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that people 
are a lot of people are feeling tired of fighting and they're feeling tired and you just have some beautiful thoughts on that. I'd love to hear. Yeah, probably going back to the same period of my life where I'm looking around at these adults um, inside my home and outside making bad choices. And I'm 10 and 13 and I'm like, I see the bad choice as clear as day. Why don't you see it? Um, Mm. And then I'm looking around at some of the choices that, um, you know, like I said, my family members make. And I'm like, these are all affecting me. Like, don't you know this? Um, And I was mad at God. I was like, when I was younger, I used to look at um, exposure as everything. So although I was in the hood around people who were from the hood, um, exposure through books, exposure through movies, television was very helpful for me. So seeing things like Claire Huxtable and Bill really helped me see a different version of family life that I didn't have myself. Again, I went to school with people who had moms and dads and I had a grandma. I went to school with people whose parents were, you know, 30-ish. My parents were literally like 21. Um, yeah. The oh same age as their sisters. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I was wrestling with what my life was versus what everyone else's life was. And I was mm. fighting against my story or the story of my life and the story that I saw other people living. And just like hindsight is 2020, literally, Um, I'm looking back on it and I'm looking at the moments that created this version of me. And I realized how necessary it was um, to the story of my life and to the success of my life. Had it not been for those things that I used to fight against, I wouldn't be the strong woman that people call me or the resilient woman that people see me as or the one who can turn, you know, bad into good or see the light through anything. Um, It was those moments. And so when I started to see that these things were adding up, I stopped fighting it. And when I stopped fighting it, my life experience stopped being a struggle. Yes, it was not all great. And yes, there were hardships, but I didn't necessarily struggle through it because I stopped resisting it and saw it as a part of my process, a part of creating this version of myself that I am and that I long to be. And so that is when I'm like, okay, if I want to be labeled this person, then I have to take on the necessary struggle, um, hardship Mm. or difficulty or the weight of it all in order to become her. Now I'm honored. Um, And when you see that in other people, like I started to read success stories and hear their stories. We only love them because of what they went through. A great success story is great because of the struggle. I mean, the people who just are skipping through life, it's like, oh, good. Good for you. But when you hear someone, (laughs) that's great too. But when you hear someone who skipped and tripped, got back up and then put themselves back together and ran, fell again, picked themselves, it's like, great. Look at you. Look at what you overcome. It's that much more meaningful. And so that is the whole in the fight type of discussion that I had to have with myself and just accept that this is the story that is building the better version of me. The one I want to brag about, the one I want my children to see and love, um, the woman that is behind the words that people say they need it for that day. Um, That's when I stopped fighting. When I stopped fighting, it stopped being a struggle. Mm. Come on. This is you. This is you just dropped. It's me. It's me. It's beauty. It's beauty. (laughs) Oh, so 
Nakia, I know that you talk to, thank you for sharing that. It's so beautiful. And I know Mm -hmm. that you, like me, talk to so many women. Mm-hmm. One common theme that I, that comes up for me when I'm talking to women is my story isn't special. Um, or I'm listening to Nakia and I didn't have teenage parents and I wasn't raised in the projects. And uh, I mean, what, what blows my mind is somebody with, you know, like a quote unquote more like that, like those are very like markedly difficult things, like outwardly markedly just, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. people who have that in their life think their story isn't good enough because of that. And then people like me where I'm like, well, I was raised by nice people who love me. I shouldn't even, my story's stupid, Mm. right? And I was wondering what your thoughts are or what, what you coach when you speak to women, if that's something you've noticed too, or just any thoughts you have on that idea of my story is either too much or not enough or not right in some way. Yeah, I get it all the time. Um, you do. I but do. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, like all different parts of the country, different backgrounds, different, like, and the, and yet women, we just still our story. My story's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. Um, you know, I'm a black woman from the hood. I have a huge following of non-black women who are not from where I come from, but somehow, some way, they found me and they love me. And I think the reason. Um, why there is this connection between people of all races, nationalities, genders, et cetera, is the is how you tell your story. Mm. Um, and that is what I try to impress upon my clients. You don't have to have a struggle story to have a valid story. You don't have to have a story of fighting to have a story that is still as beautiful, as as heart-wrenching, as as needed. As the next person's, you just have to be able to accept, embrace, and tell your story. And so uh, there are people I work with that have two-parent home, grew up with money in a suburb somewhere, and their childhood was just as impactful as mine because we're all walking through our life's experiences with individual needs that need to be met. And it's not always, we're not always connected to the people who have the ability or power to meet them. So you might have an amazing mom who was a doctor somewhere, but her life was so busy because she was going to medical school and then helping your father go to law school and then putting a family together who worked so many hours and couldn't be there for you emotionally, just like my teenage parents couldn't be there for me emotionally. Same issue, different different details and different dynamics, but how we experience life and then share our story is what make each and every story significant. And so whether you have a struggle story or a success story, your story is valid. Whether you come from nothing or everything, your story is valid because of you. The other thing I like to share is, you know how there are siblings who grow up in the same household with the same parent and same circumstances, but they go off to live completely different lives. When they tell family. Yeah. Yeah. And when you tell stories about the same exact circumstance, you tell it one way, your sister tells it another, your brother thinks your parent sucks, you think your parents are great. And that is because we are individuals walking our own individual paths. And our 
own individual paths are significant. And I can't tell you that you didn't experience hardship because it wasn't my way. And your brother can't tell you that your parents were horrible when you think they're great because we're all living and breathing our own stories. We're co-creating our stories and they're all valid. Um, I remember telling my story of COVID because my dad died and someone was like, oh, I feel I feel horrible for, you know, even mentioning how bad it's been for me when you lost someone. And I'm like, I lost mm. a person. Yes. And that was a great loss for me. But you lost, lost life as usual. You lost your nights and weekends. You lost going to the office. You lost income. You lost things. A loss is a loss. Um, and we each experience our own losses. So Tell your story. And look, you can have my story, but then you got to have the struggle. You got to have the pain. You got to have the low self-esteem. You got to have all of the things I was exposed to. And you don't want none of that. You don't want none of that. Yeah. Um, I like, I just know, I mean, even hearing it myself and thinking of so many people who are going to hear that on this podcast, how much that's going to help so many people. Thank you so much for for what you just shared. And I just wonder, you have the most incredible like capacity for empathy. And I think that that empathy, that grace, I think that's one of the reasons your writing hits so hard and is so universal. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think it was Danny Shapiro. I heard a writer one time say, you write specifically. Like you wrote this for your pain and the more specific you write, the more universal mm-hmm. it becomes. Mm-hmm. And I feel that so much in your writing. But I also wonder, um, and, and it might just come naturally to you. You might just be this wonderful naturally and then there's nothing you can do. You're just naturally wonderful. But um, you have such empathy and such understanding Um Letting go, like forgiveness, and you have some beautiful sections on forgiveness, letting go of bitterness. Is that something that did come more naturally to you? It's kind of in your nature? Or do you feel like that's something that you've really cultivated a little bit of of both, maybe? Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely think it's a little bit of both. Writing, um, I don't know that. So writing is a skill, a talent, and a gift for me. It was Mm God-given. Like, I wrote um, when I was younger in my journal, just what I was thinking and what I was feeling. When I look back at them now, they're so poetic. And then I wrote, you know, parole reports and I wrote reports to judges based on cases I had and then started writing songs, um, something I had no experience in and no gift in. So I don't take credit for that. It's from God and it just is what it is. But then also, um, I write to process things. And so there are certain things that seem very specific because I write from my exp- specific experience or the specific experiences of my um, of my clients. When it comes to forgiveness, it, I get a lot of people asking me, so I, I tell my story, not my parents' story because it's not mine to tell. But in my story, there are some um, some connections between us, my dad and my mom, that are a huge part of my story. Understanding the choices that they made and how they affect me was very big, um, was very huge. And it was a huge mountain that I had to decide to climb or move out of my way. And I did some of both. I climbed it sometimes. Sometimes I just mm. pushed it out the way. Um, and you're when- so good. You're <laughs> such a, you're just such a poet. 
Some mountains I climbed, some mountains I moved out of the way. She says just casually, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just get so excited. You're so good. That's that's hilarious. I need to put you in my pocketbook and carry you around as my I, personal hype me. girl. You have you have my phone number. I will be your personal hype girl. We're done. I'm all, I'm done. Yes. Um, that's so funny. But um, one of the questions I get all the time about forgiving parents um, for a mm. traumatic life or something you have to get get over is I started to see my parents as humans, as a woman mm. and a man, as someone who was 15 and 16. And I thought about my 15 and 16 year old self. And then I thought about the circumstances they were um, growing under and the things they had to endure. And I thought about the things that I had to endure. Then I thought about myself as a parent. And I think empathy and forgiveness um, comes from two places. One is acceptance. It just is what it is. So for me, forgiveness starts with this accepting that there's nothing I can do about the parents that I was born to, the circumstances that I was under. It is a story that is the story of my life and is never going to change. Um, and when I stop resisting the urge to try to rewrite history and revise the story of my life, then there is a, a, a moment and a period of ease and clarity mm. that I'm able to see when I look at the details of my story. Like, okay, if you were 15 and you were able to engage in some of the activities that you were engaging in, that's because you didn't have an engaged parent. And an, a person who lacks an engaged parent are, is going to be is going to fall under the the circumstances that they did. It's just a part of you know the nature of being neglected and not being cared for in that way. And then I think about how I care about my fifteen year old and my six and who's going to be sixteen. And my parents weren't given that luxury, and so I give them grace. I think about myself as a parent and the times I mess up and the things I don't do well, and I offer myself the same my parents the same grace. I want my kids to offer them. So it's accepting and then also seeing people for people first. When you see them in their experience for what it is, we talk about people a lot. There was a huge conversation over racism um, for a lot of people that was new. It's the story of my life last year. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened in 2020, having been given the opportunity to see um, systemic racism, depending on what lens you were looking through, we got to see people being people and experiencing the things that they experienced. And for those who us, of us who really saw it, we didn't like it. We didn't like it. Yeah. We didn't we didn't appreciate it. We wanted better for that person. A lot of women were talking about um, George Floyd and it was like he was calling out for his mother. Now you see the person who you think is this thug coming from this horrible circumstance as someone's son. And you can look yeah. at it at it differently. And so forgiveness is acceptance and then seeing people as people. And um, it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it was right. It doesn't mean that it was good for you. I always say my parents did the best they could, but the best they could wasn't always the best for me. Um, but it was their capacity. It was what they were able to do. Um, my beloved dad is gone now. and There are some things that he'll never be able to reconcile when it comes to me. But what I know for sure is that he tried his best. And although it wasn't always good enough for me, it was his best. And that's a part of the story that he lived. Not mine. I get to co-create and write a whole new story. I just said a lot. I'm sorry. You make you pull no. it out of me. Are you kidding? What you just said? Because I have been thinking about forgiveness a lot lately. And 
the idea that forgiveness requiring acceptance and seeing people as people is so profound, so beautiful, so no apologies, <laughs> but that um, you have... Let me see. I just I read it on I read it on Instagram, so I don't know if I marked it. Um, <laughs> but you have, and I want you to read from your. I want you to read from here a little bit, but okay. like, um, if you if you feel good, if you feel like that's something you want, but um, well, let me see. But just basically, so I want to I want to talk about that day, idea of acceptance, where I think one of the reasons why people have such a hard time with acceptance. Is because it's one of those principles where if you don't accept yourself, you cannot accept other people. Mm. Right? Yeah. And you, you have, and so many of us, just like you were saying, fighting against your own story, not being willing to accept your story, just the fight, the fight where if I accept if I accept this about myself, if I accept that I make mistakes, if I accept that I, I had a blindness to systemic racism even, if I accept that... What does it mean about me? I can't accept that. So I will continue mm -hmm. to sit in my blindness. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think it can be easy to, to look around and say, how can you not see it? Like, <laughs> how can you not see? This is, very, this is clear as day. <laughs> this is like this. But, but that idea of when somebody cannot truly accept themselves and maybe they cannot accept themselves because that was part of their survival as a child mm. or they cannot accept themselves for a myriad of reasons, they cannot accept any, any like lots of things in life. Absolutely. Their story, another person's experience. So the idea that forgiveness requires acceptance shows to me what that did in my mind is it unlocked why forgiveness can be so difficult mm -hmm. for so many of us because in order to forgive, I have to accept and to truly accept another person. I have mm -hmm. to accept myself. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do yeah. as a human. Yeah, I get a lot of pushback. Um, I talk to a lot of faith-based people, people who are believers of God, and I get a lot of pushback because I talk about self-love, self-forgiveness, self-acceptance. But I think what people miss um, is that in order you are only able to show up for other people as much as you are able to show up for yourself. Right. Yeah. The whole that that um, universal rule of doing unto others as you would have them do unto yourself, unto you. Um, the reason why that's a struggle is because you don't treat yourself so well. So if you don't treat Absolutely. yourself so well, it's hard for you to treat someone else. You don't empathize with yourself. You give yourself a hard time. Um, so it's difficult for you to give grace to other people. When you start doing the personal work, the self-care work, the self-love work, that is community care. That is love for all. When I show up and do the work of healing myself, I healed myself so that my kids won't have the same story on a podcast 20 years from now about their childhood. I wanted it to end with me. I, of course, I there are things that I see that are lovely about my childhood, but there are a lot more things that were not so good. And I'm good. I'm okay because I've made a decision to be okay. And I don't want them to have to make that choice. And so it starts with self. 
It starts with self and it ends with self. When I'm good, everyone's good. Because Allison is awesome. <laughs> she can shout, <laughs> she can shout out, like literally looking at you. I don't know what you go on in your heart, what, what goes on in your heart. I don't know what goes on in your home, but I do see the light that is you, that is intentional, mm-hmm. that shows up in that way. And whatever work you are doing, that is what's making that possible. Thank you. You're I love you so much. You're so, I, so we have lots of life to conquer together, I believe. I do. Do you have what you just said? I don't know what goes on in your home. I love how you said that because it suggests that, Allison, I know that, well, I think this is what you meant, but Allison, you have practices. You have things that you're you're doing to cultivate that and to work on that, showing such insight that the, these things don't just, you know, we don't just pop out of bed like, today I'm going to choose this. Mm-hmm. I, I even, I've even been feeling like lately with some of my depression and anxiety popping back up and cycling through as it just does, that I appreciate the choice. Like, because sometimes you're in that darkness. Sometimes you're in that frantic energy. Sometimes the hormones or the habitual pattern, like, has you in its grasp and that choice. And and not to be from a victim, because I really do believe we get to choose, but sometimes you're so caught up that the choice is like, it's like a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's like a blessing. It's something that feels just beyond the, on the grasp. And And in that case, in that case, for me, it's like, okay, healing practices. I need to get myself back to a place where I can choose again. Mm-hmm. That's a choice to get myself back to a place to have the choice to choose to do some meditation over having, you know, a freak out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you so have like to a, work for the choice. You yeah, have to work to get to a place where you can even choose. So you're right. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And so, oh, I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off. No, I was just saying, I'm I'm an amen girl. You were talking, I'm like, yes. Amen. Yeah, that's me. Um, (laughs) So so I would love to know. So on, on the podcast, I love to do, uh, you know, it's just to help people feel a little more awesome than they did before. So I would love, and you've you've done that so much, Nakia, by sharing your story, by by first exemplifying sharing your story. Hmm. You 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 did it, and then you invited other people to do it, and then you told them that no matter what their story is, it's good enough. We've learned. I like recapping. Sorry, but like we've learned, <laughs> we've we've learned, we learned empathy and forgiveness. That acceptance, just acceptance, 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 acceptance. Mm-hmm. Seeing people for people, and now I'd love to know what are some of the practices. Just maybe like what daily practices do you have to help you stay in this place of just power and purpose that you live in. What are some of your daily practices? Mm, thank you for asking. I think um I have to, let me just tell you, I have to practice daily because if I don't, I will be a hot mess, a whole mess. I still struggle with my attitude. I still struggle with the trauma response of popping off when someone says something or does something I don't like. Um, yeah. I'm still healing that child um, who never even told anyone she was hurting. Um, So it's literally a practice. And I think that is the number one place I'd start. I think people look at you and they see awesome. They look at you and they see light, but that takes work. You don't just wake up one day and you're awesome. I mean, you may have, but but I have not. And so seeing 
it as work is one of the first places you need to start. Like a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh my God, the way you just, you know, did this and did that. And I'm like, girl, if you only knew <laughs> what it's it requires of me. Yeah. And yeah. so when you look at people, don't dismiss the story behind the smile. Um, there mm. is always a story behind it. So seeing this practice of becoming a better version of yourself as work is the first place you start. And what do you do Ooh. at work? You clock in every day. You go to your job or you go to your business and you start your day with some work, some to-do list, um, some assignments, some projections, some plans. I do that for my healing. Speaking of choice, um, when I was told that my grandmother's life was ending. She had 24 to 48 hours to live. And I'm in Georgia, she's in Jersey. And so I had to get on the next plane smoking to get there so that I, she wouldn't leave before I saw her. Um, and on the plane, it was the worst plane flight of my entire life, flight of my life. Mm. There was turbulence. I was scared to death. I'm like, God, you're gonna take my grandma and me at the same yeah. time, like really? <laughs> What is really going on? And for a second, I was like, you know what? I'm good with that because I don't know if I can handle her leaving like this, the circumstances mm. around it. Um, so I'm good. If the plane goes down, we'll go down together. And immediately yeah. God was like, girl, what is you doing? God talks to me like he's from the hood too. So he's like, what is you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Not what are you doing? What is you doing? You got a whole family. You got a whole business. You have people that are depending on you snap out of it. And it was in that moment that I decided that I was going to heal from the loss of my grandmother, that I was going to honor her life, that I was going to make her giving up her life. She was in her 40s when she took me from the hospital and raised me as her own. I didn't want that to be in vain. So it was a choice. And then I had to literally clock in because it's work. Um, to that mm. choice and make promises to myself and keep them every single day. Knowing that I was going to fail at it sometimes, knowing that I wasn't going to feel like it sometimes, knowing that I was it was going to require me to become a version of me that I had never met. But I got to tell you, the woman who said goodbye, I watched my grandma take her last breath, like literally inhale and never um, exhale again. Oh I didn't think gosh. I could do that. I didn't think I could do it. My cousin, he had just went to the store. He didn't do it. My sister had car trouble. She could get there. And they were all like, there's no way I would have been able to do that. But God blessed me with the opportunity to do that because now I know what I'm really made of. You got to understand that these things that are happening in your life are there to reveal who you really are. I learned that from James Allen. He says, circumstances don't make you. They reveal you to yourself. Now I know that I'm really that chick. Like now I know that I can square off with anything. Now I know that there ain't nothing that's going to happen to me that I'm not going to be able to overcome. And it was only as a result of going through that. So the first step is to see it as work clock into it every single day and then assess it so that you get from it the lessons, the character, the habits you need so that you really see yourself for who you really are. Understanding that you're going to need grace because you're not going to get it right. For every day that I got up and kept writing, there were days that I didn't. For every good word that was in this book, there are words that were not so good. For every prayer that was of gratitude, there was a prayer of me getting really upset with God about the way 2020 happened. All of that is valid. 
All of that is a part of the experience. And I think that you need to give yourself the grace of just living life, living and breathing life without all the pressure, with all, all the comparison, without all of the things that we think of when we see people living in their light and we're just guessing and assuming, there's some grit behind it. One of the things I said years ago is when you see someone and you see strength, say a prayer because most people are strong because they have to be, not because they want to be. There are some things that cause that strength to happen and it ain't easy. It's not easy. The strength behind the smile, as mm-hmm. you put it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> My soul feels relief. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Okay, so you're just so good. You're so good at this. I'm so glad you're doing it because you're so good at it. Um, so quick questions, and then we're going to wrap up, and we're going to tell everybody where they can go and get more of your goodness. When you're feeling crappy, angry, mad, bad, what, you know, whatever. What's your word? What's your word when you're feeling blah? A mess. A I mess. feel like a I mess. Okay. <laughs> when you're feeling a mess, when you're feeling hot mess express, um, what is something you like to do? I like to let myself feel like a hot mess. <laughs> I work hard yeah. to, not, to not be a hot mess. Yes. If I'm feeling like a hot mess, I'm going to just let myself do it. Um, and what does that look like sometimes? Um, writing, listening to some music and just being by myself and letting myself be. I tell my son the other day, I'm like, you're great. You're cute. But right now I'm a mess. So give me a minute. Yeah. And he's like, okay, mom's the best. I'll be back when you get yourself together. Um, <laughs> and then he comes back like, are you okay now? Okay. Okay. We're back. Um, but yeah, listening to music, writing and a lot of conversations with God. Mm, I love that. I love that. Um, I do the same thing with my kids. Mommy, mommy's freaking out. It's not you. It's mommy. Okay. So you need to go because mommy, mommy needs a minute. It's not you. Mommy loves you. This is not about you. And they're like, okay, mom. Okay. Like, <laughs> they need to see mommy that. Mommy's having a hard day breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that. When I feel a mess, I act a mess. I mean, mm-hmm. I just let myself it feel it. I mm-hmm. love it. Thank you. And more, more people need to hear it. And so then my next question is, what are like one or two, I know it's hard to choose, of some of your favorite like pump up songs or this song gets me feeling this way? Like, what do you, what's a song you know you can put on? Okay, this is one I'm getting ready to tell how much of a hot mess I am. But um, you know that saying, you can take the girl out of the hood, but you can't take the good, the hood out of the girl. That is my yes. theme. Um, I listen to trap music. I get pumped up from trap music. I pretend like yeah. I got this dope, yeah. dope boy as a boyfriend. I know it's totally horrible, <laughs> totally contrary. <laughs> it's totally illegal, <laughs> depending on what state you're. Okay, wait. Okay, wait, let me re- let me revise my dope boy. He is a, um, yeah. he does, um, what is it? The legal weed, whatever that's called, CBD. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'm helping him become a better person. Um, but yeah, I, I, listen to tra- I listen to trap music. Um, I can't think of a specific song, but I also listen to the old love songs. I love a good love mm. song. One of my favorite mm. is um, um, Try a Little Tenderness. That's one of my favorite songs. And then I love anything I from to. Steve. I got to. Yeah, he's like yeah, screaming at her, but okay. I love it. Yeah. I, I <laughs> it's tender, love, but I strong. It. It's, it's yes, that's, that's like, 
I kind of need to be yelled at a little bit to get my attention when I'm in a crazy. <laughs> Me too. I didn't realize that I need, I need some tough love. Like sometimes if I'm in a crazy, I need somebody to be like, hey, hey. <laughs> oh wait, you buzzed. Are you Maybe there? that's me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I res- yeah I respond well, so I got to. Um, <laughs> I feel like you might appreciate one one song I've been listening to lately. I have an I have a private playlist called "Don't F with Me," and um, the number the t- <laughs> that I put on when I'm in a mood, and the top song on it is um, "Nerd um, Lap Dance." <laughs> It's like, love it. It's like I should have known from oh, your baby, dance you party. <laughs> that did that dancing. I don't I don't know why, but that song is just like you. Yes. I, like it gets like my aggression out. It gets it like my inner rebel out. Like you can get the slap dance here for free. <laughs> I like again, and that's. I mean, I was raised in all white Southern California. So I, there, I don't know where it came from. Where it came from. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm just saying yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. And then I know that we are on a podcast, but what is one of your signature dance moves? If you could like describe it, like the song comes <laughs> on and what's, what's Nakia doing? I'm absolutely twerking. I'm absolutely no. twerking. <laughs> Absolutely twerking. I have this joke with my daughter. I'm like, I can't let you leave this house until I know you know how to twerk. Like, we have to be able oh to move God. our hips in a way <laughs> that is beneficial to our core values. And I value being yeah. able to twerk. Like, I value it. I'm twerking. I I honor. I honor. <laughs> I honor. The, I honor your twerk. And I'm so grateful that you don't try to hide that under a bushel. Not at all. Not at all. And my daughter hates oh, it. She has never twerked in front of she, me. Yeah, she thinks, I mean, she laughs at me. She's never twerked in front of me. It's just a little <laughs> joke. <laughs> I was trying to teach my 10-year-old how to shimmy. Ooh. And she couldn't, she couldn't get it. She couldn't get it. My, my seven-year-old boy was was getting it a little bit more <laughs> than her. But mm. I love it. We've got to shock the children. You have to. Um. I love it. Nakia, thank you so much. Okay, so people can, of course, and will and should and always will now follow you on Instagram. And it's Nakia, N-A-K-E. I always have to check. I I think of it like naked, but without the D. So Nakia. <laughs> uh-huh, that's me. And, yeah, N-A-K-E-I-A, Homer, H-O-M-E-R. Um, all one word on Instagram. And then we're going to link to your book. I hope this helps. And then is there any other program or you you just started an awesome IGTV series? Oh, yeah, I, I did. I used to go on live every day. Yeah, now it's weekly, Mondays. What is it called? Something in Healing? Heal and Grow Weekly. Heal and Grow Weekly. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. So they can tune in for Heal and Grow Weekly. Anything else I'm missing? Um, Anything you want to find out about me, you can find out at NakiaHomer.com or on Instagram at NakiaHomer. I do have power sessions that I offer up every once in a while for um, women who are looking to turn pain into power, someone to mentor them through a rough season. A lot of people who you see out here thriving have a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And sometimes we just need someone there to help us, um, to give us the support that we give everyone else. Um, so I am that to my to my people. Um, and you can find out more about that just going to all those places at Nikia Homer. 
Thank you. Good. I'm so glad. Thank you. I'm so glad you're doing that because I know that there are people who are going to listen and be like, no, I need Nakia to tell me what to do with my life. I need <laughs> Nakia for my life. And so I literally tell know. you what to do. Literally. Good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you later. You can Fine. tell me what to do. <laughs> Okay, Nikia, thank you so much. This has been so fun. And I love you and you're wonderful. Thank you I so much. I appreciate you and love you just as much, just as much. Of course, I didn't want to leave you guys without an excerpt from Nikia's book, her reading it. And so here is one of those. Oh, it's beautiful. Whenever I am asked to read from my book, I always find myself reading the same page. I don't know why. It just really speaks to me as if someone else wrote it <laughs> for me. But it says, shout out to the loudmouth woman who found her voice and uses it to inspire other women to find theirs. We need you. To the woman who isn't afraid to be alone long enough to discover her own identity, measure her true value, and cultivate the kind of genuine self-love that won't get lost when loving someone else, you inspire me. To the woman who found her voice after losing relationships, time, money, and almost her sanity, remember what you lost is not the best you'll ever have. To the woman who is still trying to find her way, getting tired of trusting the process, and unsure of her purpose here on earth, you are exactly where you need to be to become that girl who leaps above circumstance and lands on her feet. I see all of you. <laughs> Don't you love Nakia, Eric? I do. I do. Oh, she just soothes the soul. And I just love her perspective. And again, I'm so grateful to her. So make sure you support her. And we want to thank you again for, for being a part of our awesome empire. It's just something I decided to call the podcast. But I really do feel so grateful to each of you who listen and leave reviews. And I see you sharing the podcast and talking about it. And we appreciate it so much. Eric, do you have a review for us? I do. Um, oh, there's so many good ones. Thank you, everyone. Do we have new ones? Yeah, everyone's just doing great. Really? Yeah. Guys. (laughs) Okay. This is from Magnificently Maddie. She says, Do you want to do two since it's been a while? Yeah, let's do two. Okay, let's do two. This is from Magnificent Maddie. She says, I love Allison. She is spunky, fun, and relatable. She helps me feel human and normal and okay. She always has beautiful things to say, and I want to give her a giant hug every time I listen. Eric is equally as amazing. He is such a kind, gentle, wonderful, masculine voice to have in my life. I am so thankful for his input. I truly, truly love the humans who make this podcast. It really does make me feel more awesome every single time, and I am so thankful. Maddie, I love Eric's masculine voice, too, and I love you. Thank you for that review. Um, We're going to get one more, and then I'll tell you how to get your goodies. Okay, Andy15013 says, Whenever I am becoming too stressed out and I need a break, I turn on this podcast and get in a hot shower. I didn't think I had listened to the most recent podcast when I got in the shower, and about halfway through, I realized I had. It was exactly what I needed to hear, and, and don't ever regret listening to this podcast over again. Allison, thank you for being vulnerable. It touches my heart every time. I relate so much. Kirsten. Oh. So it's really Kirsten, probably through... Andy. Yeah, through Andy's account. Um, You guys, thank you so much for those beautiful reviews. It's just good to remember why we do the podcast. Um, and you are going to get some goodies. Shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. That is Allison with one L and all the Allison. <laughs> Oh, man, you guys, I've been sick in bed for over a week, and this is kind of my first foray out into the real world, meaning the basement. So thanks for bearing with me. Eric, I love you. You're doing a really good job. Thank you. 
And so are you, by the way. Hey, thanks, guys. You guys are doing a really good job. <laughs> I love that you said thanks, guys, as if the whole <laughs> the whole chorus of listeners at once said I, you were doing a good job. I seriously feel so weird in my head right now. <laughs> I, I can't even describe it. Oh, so please excuse anything I've done or said. Remember this, my beautiful, 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 beautiful friends. Only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Love you. Eric, do you have a song to take us out on? I do. This is a recent one. Uh, it's called Bali Hoodoo from our Groove Report collection. This is new at Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Use code AWESOME with Eric for 20% off and make your videos super fun with the dopest music ever. Ever.